are there any double digit seeds that you are confident in um, at this point in time? You got till Thursday to fill your bracket, but all right, Cinderella, Cinderella, here we go. UCSB. What does that stand for, Sean? Stands for. <laughs> He's the leader. <laughs> <laughs> What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Triple Threat on the Hill podcast. As always, uh, I'm Daniel, joined by my co-hosts, Mr. Sean and Mr. Kelvin. Boys, how we doing? What it do? Chillaxing. It's another busy week here on the podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing everything regarding March Madness. We're recording this here at 8.55 p.m. on Sunday, March 14th. And if you're a big college basketball fan, you know what that means? The Madness is coming. March Madness brackets just released by the NCAA. Uh, di- you know, a little different situation with COVID. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, light, you know, it's light, uh, death taxes and March Madness being awesome. So re- we're really excited to talk about that. We'll give you some of our initial thoughts, um, maybe some upsets. Uh, and, and then we'll move on to um, some NFL news that's broken in, within the last few hours uh, and in the last couple of days. And then we'll end the podcast on a little uh, Kelvin rant uh, uh, that he's got for um, about the NBA. So we'll get to all of that, starting with NCAA. So like I said, with COVID going on, um, teams that got a quarantine in the bubble in Indianapolis, we saw Virginia, the ACC, and Kansas out of the Big 12 had to withdraw from their conference tournaments because of COVID positive tests. Their status is up in the air. They have till Tuesday night to if they if they can't medically like be right for the tournament, they could be replaced. Um, so we'll, that that'll that'll change everything. So that would be crazy. But um, and then all the games are being played in Indianapolis. So that's what's different. But I want to. I know Kelvin, you're a little shaky in your March Madness. So I'll get. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go to you, Sean, um, to, to start. What were your initial reactions here? Um, uh, you know, releasing this bracket. Oh, Kelvin's like. I just want to say that Kelvin's the guy throwing darts at the board to see who's going to move on to the next round. Hey, and you know what? He might be the best. He might win. That's how much of a you know what show this thing is. You can analyze mm-hmm. the heck out of this, but at the end of the day. You know, my, my, your grandmother can win your bracket pool. It's all, it's all <laughs> luck. I mean, for real, yo, <laughs> yeah, y'all. I'm picking whatever name sounds cool, man. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, what, 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 what college? Illinois, nice. I like Whoa, that state. Roberts? Whoa, <laughs> yeah. Roberts. Oh, okay. Ooh. All right, little Drexel, or Hartford. You know, 16 seeds in the action. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Only one team's ever won as a 16. You saw that a couple of years ago with uh, right. with um. Uh, why, uh, UMBC, uh, but yeah. So, uh, wh- what are the initial reactions uh, coming from this bracket? I think overall they did a good job. Like I didn't think I didn't think it was any teams that uh, didn't make it into this list. Like the the I think everyone in this list pretty much deserved it. You know, they had a, it was a little tough because it wasn't the usual schedule this year. Um, just looking at the the bracket though, I, I, my first reaction is, wow, Michigan. They have a tough road ahead of them. Oh, yeah. Number Huge. one. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just looking at this bracket, looking at some upset picks when I can too. But what, what do you think, Daniel? Yeah, uh, just going off your point about uh, with the committee, I think they did a pretty good job with the 68 teams that got in. I will say, though, um, I have a tiny bit of a problem here with the fact that Syracuse got to escape the first four. 
you can see them down in the bottom right if you're if you're looking at your oh, bracket. Yeah, that, that was the one that was the at, one that was cheese yeah it's 16 and 9 um and then it doesn't even matter the record you just look at the eye test and then you look at a team like a drake a witch who's 25 and 4 a wichita state a michigan state and ucla all those teams that got to play in the first four where syracuse uh sneaks in um, and then Utah State as well could have been a first four team. So I think that those last six or seven teams could have been ranked a little bit differently. But if you look at the first four teams that were out, um, I can't think uh, like Ole Miss, Memphis, Louisville. L- Louisville was the only team I think that had a legit chance at getting in and they were just missing. Um, but overall, like you said, not too uh, you know worried about that. Um, my initial reaction when it came to the bracket is the first region came out on CBS and I go, oh, my God, like. Creighton's a really bad five seed. And then the next one came out and it was like, oh my God, uh, Villanova's a horrible five seed because they lost their best player, Colin Gillespie. Uh, maybe he's not their best player, but he's their team leader. Uh, Villanova really relies on, on team basketball and Jay Wright's a great coach, but he, he's their senior point guard. So that's a huge loss. Um, and then they went to the bottom right and it was Tennessee as the five seed. And I go, oh my, they're not that good either. And then I went to the bottom left. The next one was a Colorado's a five seed. Okay. I was like, okay, they're probably the best one. They got to play Georgetown who just won the big East and it's the hottest team in the country right now. So my initial reaction is, wow. I mean, these five seeds watch out because if you look at the history, um, if, if, if you, if you follow March Madness at all, you'll know that everyone who picks upsets normally it's that five twelve game. And it's because the, the 12 seeds are usually mid-major teams who have really uh, good records and, and, and good players, but they're just in mid-major conferences, so they can't get, you know, by that 12. Um, and then the five seeds are like, okay, you're not like a top-tier team, but you're not a bottom-tier team. So it works out perfectly where it's it's considered an upset, whereas like a 7-10 isn't really considered an upset. But the teams are more even than they are spread out between like the fours and the 13s and the threes and the 14s. So in the history of March Madness, since the field expanded in 1985, uh, 12 seeds are 50 and 90 against five seeds for a winning percentage of uh, 35, almost 36%. That's pretty good for, for um, the upsets. So I'd really key in on those five, 12 matchups to see if you think there's any upsets there. Um, so those are just uh, some of my initial reactions when it came to the brackets. Um, uh, let's see, where, sh- where should we continue here? So li- like you said, continuing on with the one seed, Sean, I think you kind of answered uh, the question I was going to ask. Michigan has the Mi- Michigan has the toughest, you know, they should have, the, uh, if you think about it, they were the last one seed. You had Gonzaga was the top, Baylor was the two out of the one seeds, Illinois was the three, and um, Michigan was the four. So they should have the toughest road. But why exactly, like who are some of the uh, some of the teams that you think will scare Michigan away from making the Final Four if you don't have them going to the Final Four? LSU, I think, is really underrated here. Definitely a team to watch out for because yeah, you show me their their what kind of rating was it uh, that that they were uh, top like, ten in the country? It was like offensive efficiency, like top, yeah. I think it was like, they played a great game today against Alabama. Came down to the wire. They missed their last shot for the win. Super hot right now. Obviously, Alabama's been great all year. Um, yeah, they can shoot the ball a little bit, and then maybe some a team even like Florida State could contend with them. It's just they, there's a lot of good teams in the East. I think the East will be fun to watch. Yeah, I think the East is the most competitive region, I would agree. Honing on Florida State real quick, I think Florida State is 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 a phenomenal team. They The only reason they didn't win Saturday night uh, against uh, Georgia Tech is they turned the ball over way too much, but they were much more talented than Georgia Tech. Um, Leonard Hamilton, the coach of Florida State, just has a knack for winning in March. You got 2019, they got this uh, to the Sweet 16, 2018, the Elite Eight, uh, 2017, they made it quite a bit of a run. They have that formula of winning in March. And, and, and so as a four seed, 
you know, they get to play uh, UNC Greensboro and then they play the, they would, if they had win, they play the winner, Colorado Georgetown. I could easily see them punching their ticket to the sweet 16 where they'd probably face a Michigan team. But like you said, LSU, good team as well. I also like, uh, I also like Texas. I'm a little, I'm higher on Texas because they're hot right now. Uh, you saw them beat Oklahoma state in the big 12 title game. Uh, they started, Texas was kind of like a up and down, started out really hot. They got all the way to number four in the country. Um, and then they, tanked down to like number 18 and then by the end of the season they won the big 12 championship and now they're riding on a high i like them as well also a little bit of a little sleeper uh, as the connecticut huskies um yeah. dad's a big, big uh, dad's a big yukon yeah dad's a big, <laughs> my dad's a big fan of the connecticut huskies uh they're the same they're in the same spot in the bracket that they were in 2014 when they won the national championship as the seven seed uh they got a guy by the name of james book Knight who's probably going to be a top 10 pick yeah um, good coach and danny hurley what are you gonna say sean book night yes top 31st game calling it you calling it right now? Okay. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got the legends of the past, the Kemba Walkers, the Shabazz Napiers, the Rip Hamiltons, the Ben Gordons, the Mecca Okafers, who have done it for the Huskies Jeremy in the past. Jeremy Lamb, there you go. I forgot about Jeremy Lamb. Um, those guys have done it in the past. And when the brackets came out, I wanted to see UConn get the seven and not an eight or a nine because then you have to face the one seed versus being able to go to the bottom and face the two seed. Um, so that's a little bit of a sleeper there. Um and then I also like BYU as a six seed. Um, I, 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 they, they, play, they played Gonzaga really well. Um, you saw in the West Coast Conference Championship game. Uh, they almost beat him, actually. Uh, but Jalen Suggs was a little bit too much. Uh, Kevin, what do you think about Jalen? I want you to, to – you got anything for us? Uh, if you don't, it's okay. But I just want I – want, I want to hear your voice, man. <laughs> Jalen Suggs is a bucket, bro. All I got to say. That's all you got to say? He's a bucket. Bro, let's get into that because, um, like, there's always one, there's always a couple of players each year in the NCAA tournament that really make a name for themselves, right? They drop 30 a couple times, maybe 22 times, hit like five threes yeah. in a game. Sometimes it's a guard like Buddy Heald. Sometimes it's a big man in the post. You think you think Jalen Suggs gonna have the best tourney, Kelvin? Because that's tough. Like, oh no, I don't think so. Do you- Okay, I'm not sure you don't have any. Sure you, oh, yeah. I, you, I just, you know, are like Luca Garza. <laughs> the only guys you know in the tournament. Yeah, nah, bro. I, I just know, like, you know, the big, big name people. But it's so Kate hard Cunningham. to pinpoint. Yeah, it's so hard to pinpoint, like, who's going to, like, you know, give you that, um, you know, magic performance that, you know, somebody does every year. But I just, yeah. you know, Jalen Suggs, a very good name, very respectable player. But I guess, like, just from what I've seen, I just don't think, yo, he'll do that, to be to be real with you. I mean, yeah, he's got a lot of good players on his team, too, so it's kind of tough. Yeah, yeah. that's tough. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, there's not really one – sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I don't know if there's really, like, one – I mean, there's not really an obvious one. You're saying James Booknight? Yeah, he's averaging, like, 19 a game. And he's, getting he's been hurt. He's been hurt. He, he was hurt for, like, the middle of the season, but, yeah. But, like, I think of him coming back – I don't know. I can, I can see a little turning around from him, like – Getting hurt, you know, comes back. He's like, all right, all right, got to show these guys what's up. Bring that energy back to the team. Uh, Dwayne Washington, we were watching today. We were oh, watching- he was awesome. Yeah, yeah, he he really impressed me. I, I think he he could. He's getting hot at the right time. I got I got I got I got a quick sleeper for you. Um, 
14 seed Colgate right down the road from us. The Colgate, uh, are they the Raiders? Uh, yeah, Colgate Raiders. Um, yeah, that was like my second school. I should know what their mascot is, but um, uh, they got a guy by the name of Jordan Burns who has played in the NCAA tournament before in 2019 as a 15 seed against Tennessee. Um, he's their best player by far. Um, Arkansas is kind of a up and down team, very streaky. Um, they like to play fast. I could see Jordan Burns having a, a, a kind of a virtuoso performance, kind of like a AKA like a, a Thomas walk up 24, uh, 2015, 2016 against uh, West Virginia. Cause I feel like there's always that upset where there's, I'm not picking Colgate, but I'm not telling you I'm picking Colgate, but there's always that double digit seed who like, Davidson in 2008 when Curry went off. I'm sure you guys remember that uh, or like I've seen clips of that. Um, and then the Minnesota Timberwolves still took Johnny Flynn and uh, Ricky Rubio. But uh, and then you just always see like a double digit seed uh, have one player. I think Jordan Burns can be that player for for the Colgate Raiders. Um, that's a guy I've been kind of keeping my eye on. But um, Colgate's also like it's because they didn't play anyone, but they're also <laughs> super high in the advanced metrics for like Three-point shooting, three-point defense, like, um, yeah. things like defensive efficiency. But then again, they were playing like Boston University like ten times in a row. So, yeah, they're playing. No idea if these are going to be you terriers. I mean, if it was hockey, it would be a different story. But we're talking basketball here, so yeah. No, I mean, I see what you mean. We looked that up earlier, and they didn't really play anyone. But they're the ninth best team in the country according to net rankings. So that's maybe something to look out for. Um, okay. Where else do we want to go with this? Um, let's look at, are there any double digit seeds that you are confident in, um, at this point in time, you got till Thursday to fill out your bracket, but. All right. Cinderella, Cinderella. Here we go. UCSB. What does that stand for, Sean? Stands for. <laughs> He's the worker. <laughs> UCAL Santa. I just wanted to fool you there. UCAL Santa Barbara. <laughs> I'm stamped. <laughs> Stands for uh, University of California, Santa Barbara. Got the, got it right. Got it right. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. You're going to face Creighton. You were saying like Creighton is kind of a week five seed. They like, I think they're like top 10 in three point. It might be even be top five in three point field goals attempted a game. And they're not even the top 50 in three point field goal efficiency. So they're trash. UCSB is going to upset them. And I think they might even go to the Sweet 16. That if that if there's a double-digit seed that's making some noise, I'm picking them. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, uh, Santa Barbara is definitely a a, a sleeper pick uh, for. It's not even really a sleeper pick because almost every year or most years, there's a 12 seed who who ends up win not only winning but winning emphatically, and it's almost like the majority of the people picked that 12 over a five. Like I remember. 2019, John Morant and Murray State absolutely blew the doors off of Marquette. Um, a few years ago, Middle Tennessee coming off their 15 versus two upset on Michigan State absolutely blew the doors off of Minnesota. Um, there's always that 12 seed who is way better than the five seed. Um, I'm going to go with a different 12 seed, actually. I'm going to go with the um, – who, who do I got? The Winthrop Eagles. Winthrop is 23-1 20, and one on the season – um, blowing the doors off their competition. Uh, they, they, they've been really, really good this season. Playing Villanova. Uh, I already Dang, stated Rip why Nova. Villanova. What? Rip Nova. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they, they got some injury uh, injuries to deal with. They lost their last game against Georgetown in the Big East quarterfinals. I, I really like Winthrop in this matchup. Uh, I think Villanova is just depleted at this point. And uh, so that, but if we're talking 
higher than a 12 seed? Do you got anyone higher than a 12 seed winning a game? Winning a game. Okay. You were talking about Colgate before. I think they might mm-hmm. have the best chance, but then again, they're just completely unknown. So we have no idea. If it's not Colgate, a really big upset could be Oral Roberts. <laughs> Their record's honestly not that great, but they can really shoot the ball and they shoot the ball a lot. So if they get hot one game from three, maybe they could just blow, like run Ohio State out of the gym and they could just be a bad shooting night from Ohio State. And then, oh, wow, like all of a sudden we're up by 20 because we saw these threes. It could happen. It could happen. I mean, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that uh, that Oral Roberts is gonna beat Ohio State, but if you do if you look at, I think a huge factor in in March Madness, something I really really take a look at is free throw percentage because in 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 college basketball, um, there's something called the one and one, right? And this is this doesn't happen in the NBA. NBA is you know five fouls in a quarter or two in the last two minutes, and you're on the free throw line for two shots. No, college basketball. The seventh, eighth, and ninth fouls, you go for a one and one. And that hitting that one and one is so crucial, um, in, in, especially in March Madness. Um, Oral Roberts is number one in the country in free throw percentage of 82.35%, 364 okay. uh, made, 442 attempted in 26 games this year. So if, we're, if, if this is a close game, free throw percentage can play a factor in this, absolutely. But I don't think Oral Roberts is talented enough. Um, to, to to beat Ohio State, but we can go back to this podcast and see if Oral Roberts wins this game, and I could you know be on freezing cold takes or something like that. <laughs> but that's interesting. I another team I'm interested in is uh, the Liberty Flames. Um, Liberty down in the the Midwest region against Oklahoma State. Now, a key thing in March Madness to look at, especially for the first round, is which team has the best player on the floor. And you know Oklahoma State, Calvin. Even you know this guy, Cade Cunningham. Probably going to be the number one overall pick. Would you agree with that, Calvin? Oh, absolutely. In terms yeah. of potential, in terms of a big guard who can muscle his way, who can, you know, defensive versatility in the future, Cade Cunningham is that's your guy. That's your guy. You know, no glorified role players. That's not him. He, he's going to be that number one. Yeah. So that I would normally I say, okay, you got the best player on the floor. You probably, you know, you got a better chance to win. But Liberty has oh, had success yeah. in March Madness 2019. They beat. Um, they beat uh, who did they beat Mississippi State in the first round as a twelve five matchup. Uh, so they have the history. Uh, and, you know, in March Madness, they're also twenty three and five. So you know, they've kind of steamrolled their competition for the most part. Uh, that's another one I'd look at. But other than that, I mean, yeah, get those twelve seeds and then you know a couple thirteens and fourteens. Um, uh, let's see, what else can we talk about with March Madness? We're about twenty minutes in. Um. I forgot to say earlier, uh, uh, UC Santa Barbara has only lost one game since January 1st, which I kind of... Hot at the right time. Exactly. Hot at the right time. Um, okay, so we got monster upsets. Um, all right, all right. We got, we got to talk about Baylor and Gonzaga because okay. especially Gonzaga might be one of the best teams we have ever seen. They're heavy favorites to make the Final Four, if not the championship game. According to 538, their model... Uh, Gonzaga has a 25% chance of winning the entire thing and a 50% chance of making the final four. Baylor's right up there as well. They're the best shooting team in the league by far. They have a monopoly on three-point shooters somehow, and it's college basketball, not even NBA. Um, Are these teams going to make it to the final four? 
Okay. So if we look at history here, history plays a big factor in this. So the last team to finish undefeated was Indiana in 1976. Since then, no team has won the champ has won the championship with less than two losses. So either a one loss or no loss team. The closest team uh, was Duke in 1999, lost to Connecticut. Um, and then also the latest the teams that's been undefeated has finished is Kentucky in 2015. They lost in the final four. So history tells you, no, they're going to get bounced at some point. I mean, but this team is lethal. They score almost 90 points a game. They blow out their competition. They've had 26. I think they've won every single game by double digits. Um, I, I even, I said, I, I said that BYU almost beat them and they still, they still was an 11 point game. Um, Probably one of the better teams you've ever seen. But if you if you're if you're telling me is it Gonzaga or the field, I'm hundred percent taking the field just for the sheer numbers of it. Think about it. Like this this March March Madness is a loser machine. If you're picking brackets and you're expecting to pick this perfect bracket and you're gonna get it all right. No, it, that's that's what makes March so great. Is that anyone can pick whatever they want and be right. And that's what just and it's just so much fun. You see all these buzzer beaters, you see all these crazy plays. Sister Jean becomes a phenomenon because of it. Like those are the kind of things we see in March. And for that reason, I could, Gonzaga, they have the weakest region by far. Um, If you look at the top four seeds in the, in the West region, number two seed is Iowa and Gonzaga beat them handily earlier in the season. Uh, I know it's hard to be the team more than once, but uh, they still food. (laughs) What did you say? I said they cook their food. They, They, it was not even, it was not a contest. Yeah, I was watching that. It was the same day as the uh, college football, uh, like term, like big conference championship games. They beat them by eleven. They scored ninety nine points. Fast forward, the three seed Kansas. They beat them earlier in the year, one hundred two to ninety. You can tell they don't really like to play defense, but it doesn't matter because if they can beat them on offense, Half the defense double the offense. Exactly, and then they beat Virginia, who's the four seed in the West, ninety eight seventy five. So they've beaten all three of the top, other top four seeds by double digits. So if you're looking at this West region and going like, who else would you pick other than Gonzaga? I mean, I guess Iowa, maybe I think Kansas is a little shot and, and Virginia is dealing with COVID. Um, Virginia is normally good at defense, but like I said, they, they let up 98 points to Gonzaga the first time they played each other. Um, so I definitely am going to pick them to make my final four, but to win it all, I could see it going. Uh, I could see it going downhill. What do you think? I don't know, man. I definitely want them in the final four. It's it's their it's their year. Like I feel like it's their tournament to lose. They're definitely the best team. They have the most talent. Like and they've proven it all year. It's just up to them to avoid a really bad shooting night or yeah. something like really weird to happen. So well, I don't know. I, like I really like these some of these top seeds. I don't know. I feel they're pretty strong this year. I don't. Yeah. Know, obviously, it's the Cinderella teams are always the Cinderella teams. Like. You just you, you don't always see them coming, but I don't know. Like it just feels like this year the the top teams feel like a, maybe just a little they have a little more uh, a little bit more of an edge. I I so wish we got to see March Madness last year because last year it was the exact opposite. You had teams like Dayton, Nobi Toppin, and Malachi Flynn and San Diego State being number one seeds, and everyone had projected like five seeds to win it all. Um, as, and when you compare it to this year, it's no contest. The top of the cream of the crop is so much better than it was last year. So I wish we kind of got to see that because some years it's chalk. Some years there's lots of upsets. You remember 2018, Loyola Chicago making it all the way. Um, last year, Auburn got all the way to the final four. I will say this. 
11 of the last 13 years, if you exclude 2008 when all four one seeds got to the final four and 2012 when it was a, a one, two twos and a four, I believe, um, there's been a non-top four seed in every final four uh, in 11 of the last 13 tournaments. So what that just shows is someone's going to make a run. We just don't know who. So, you know, when you're filling out your bracket, I wouldn't pick a seven seed to get to the final four unless you're really confident in it. But just know that it's probably going to happen. Um, but I do agree with you that the top seeds are very, very strong this year. I will give you that. Um, should we start? Should we start wrapping up March Madness? Yeah, I think we can move on. Okay, right, so we got 25 minutes. Um, yeah. Okay, so we got we got about 25 minutes out of that one. Um, really excited for March Madness. We'll even talk about. Uh, by the time we do the podcast next week, the first round will be just about over, and we'll be into the second round, so we can talk about any of the crazy moments that happened there. Um, okay, so for the next like 20, 25 minutes, we're going to talk about some NFL. Um, stuff has gone down over the past couple of days. Uh, just just announced the uh, a couple hours ago, Drew Brees, the, the legendary quarterback oh, from New Orleans Saints. Uh, Kelvin, now Kelvin has entered the chat. Yeah, Kelvin can talk again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mr. Nunez has entered the chat. Um, Drew Brees, legendary quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, has officially retired posting on his Instagram uh, uh, a little uh, funny video of his kids saying, yeah, we could finally play, uh, play with my dad. He could finally uh, just uh, and a, good, and a good old wholesome moment. But uh, it was t- I think it was time for him to retire. But uh, what do you what were you guys' reaction? Did he you know, he milked it a little bit? What did you guys uh, think about that or just in general? <laughs> uh, is it cool if I take us back to like when I first saw it? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm just like, you know, like chilling and I see it. And my first thought was like, damn, all right, cool, finally. <laughs> but it was kind of like, because like, Daniel, you've been talking about, like, he's been milking it. And like the way people were talking about, like, all right, why hasn't he retired yet? Like, why hasn't he said it, like, for real? Like, his arm's shot. He's a great, but his arm's shot. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, damn, all right. But then, you know, like, after you kind of, like, process it, that's when it starts to hit you. I'm like, dang, like, I haven't lived a life where Drew Brees wasn't playing a football game in the yeah. NFL, you know? Yeah. So I'm just like, this man's great. And then, you know, you go on Twitter, you see the trolls, but then you also see like some of the tweets, like, like Drew Brees, you know, place in the history of NFL as a quarterback is, is cemented. So, you know, I, I was a, l- a little bit relieved because, you know, it always felt like him and the Saints had a chance every year he played, of course. Yeah. At least like in my recent memory, that's, that's what it felt like. So yeah, they always, I, you know, they always choked it, not going to lie. <laughs> Thank goodness, bro. I hate Saints fans. Yo, same, same. Yeah. As Eagles Terrible. fans. We I don't got, like Sean Payton hate, very much. We got, we got to hate the Aints, bro. We got to hate the Aints. Hate them. Hate them. <laughs> They're when they frauds. Choke. They're frauds. Are you just mad Alshon Jeffrey dropped that pass? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I can tell you. I was salty. <laughs> because in 2017, all their fans were talking about, even Alan Kamara and Mark Ingram were like, oh, the Eagles are frauds. We're the real number one seeds, whatever. Like, oh, all right, yeah, you guys, yeah, you guys got some Minnesota miracle on you. So, yeah. so what happened? Yeah. <laughs> we were the real ski masters, all right? We had the dog masks. We were the underdogs. Like, what up? Talk to him. Talk to him, Sean. Yeah, no, nah, for real. Saints fans got out of here. But all respect for Drew Brees. So, like I said, like, mm-hmm. at first I was like, okay, okay, nice, nice. But then I was like, oh, no. Nah. This kind of hurts. This kind of hurts now. But, you know, um, yeah, that, that was kind of what I thought of it. Sean, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it just expected. Like, I feel like yeah. it was the best thing he could have done. Honestly, he maybe could have done it here earlier, but because <laughs> it didn't, it didn't work out too well for him this year. But 
Yeah, I think it was time, and he had a great career. Like, there's nothing more he could have done. So, you know, he he's finishing with a ton of records. You know, first in pass yards, completions, completion percentage, second in uh, passing TDs all time. Like, he he's he has such a great statistical record. He's definitely going to be in the Hall of Fame. For first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Oh first, yeah. Yeah. Definitely one yeah. of the best quarterbacks ever. Yeah. The testicle record is insane. And then five time all pro, thirteen time pro bowler. Yeah. MVP. But got that offensive player of the year, which is a little weird. That that's gonna be a little bit of a stain when you're talking about okay, top five, top ten quarterbacks, but you know, that's all I think it's all gravy at that point. Um yeah, but yeah, and then another stain was what you guys were saying. Like the Saints were from in the last four years, they were forty nine fifteen, but they only won they can only win one playoff game each year or they didn't even win a play like they never made they never made it to the Super Bowl in those years and they were a dominant team each yeah. year. And in those games, Drew Brees, he averaged like I think he averaged like two hundred sixty yards and he had like fourteen TDs, nine interceptions. The last yeah, game was really bad because he had three picks, but like he was good, but he wasn't like great, you know? Like, mm-hmm. just ah, yeah, that that's gonna that's gonna kill him. I I, I look at twenty seventeen minute, you know Minnesota miracle. Twenty eighteen the phantom pass interference call. Um, twenty nineteen the Kyle Rudolph push off. Um, and then and then and then this year you had Tom Brady going in in into New Orleans um, and, and and kind of stomping him a little bit. But yeah, I, I mean I I I, uh, I was a big believer in the Saints, especially in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, uh, picking them to go to the Super Bowl. So it's a little disappointing on a Drew Brees level. Uh, but you you also look at that games those games and uh, got a little unlucky. Uh, also his defense didn't play play too too well and against the in, against Tampa. But um, as a as a whole like. You know, one of the greatest QBs of all time. Um, I see this funny tweet from the Atlanta Falcons. It says, we thank you, Drew Brees, but we won't miss you. Um, <laughs> I just found that really funny. But, yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, any other reactions to Drew Brees? Or else we could just go on to what do the Saints do now? Um, <laughs> we kind of – Calvin, you want to talk about what, uh, what just went down today with the Taysom Hill situation? All right. So this came, like, after I see, like, you know, what happened with Drew Brills, like, in the retirement. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, what do they do now? You know, Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston's lurking, both of them. What's going on? <laughs> and then I get a I get a chef bomb. Go to my phone. It says the Saints are restructuring Taysom Hill's contract, right? And then my eyes just go to the money. Four years, $140 million contract extension? But then if you read it, it's to create cap room. It's, this is a big cap of a deal. It's a huge cap. So what they're doing is that all the years avoidable and basically it frees, it just frees up cap space and it's going to save them 7.5 million this year, but it's still crazy to think about it. Right. The two QBs who have signed four years, 140 million contract extensions extensions is Russell Wilson and Taysom Hill. Hilarious. Look at look at the Saints getting creative. They're still in cap hell. But look at them getting creative. Okay. It's like they're they're in, like you said, they're they're in they're down the dumps. They're down bad and they don't <laughs> even care. They're just trolling the NFL. They're like, ha, huh, we can make cap room easy. We just gotta turn into a bonus. Bro, that's the <laughs> best troll. Oh my I scared the life out of me. <laughs> oh, I thought they gave him the the big deal too. I was like, whoa. The bag. <laughs> whoa, that's a huge bag. No, yeah, no, but I mean, they got they got famous Jameis on the bench, so mm. you can always use famous Jameis. Uh, I mean, uh, there's some. I mean, I, I know I'm getting into kind of mock drafts. There are some mock drafts that have the Saints going up and taking a quarterback. Uh, I'm not so sure they're going to do that. Um, but it's so hard to move up that much. 
I know. They would have to offer a lot. Like, they're at, like, what, like, 28? No, 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 no. They lost in the divisional round, so they'd be, like, in the mid-20s. Still, though, that's they're going to have to move at least 10 picks. Yeah, that's not going to be very easy, but... <sighs> I mean, what, do you want? Do you want to play Taysom Hill as uh, your? Oh yeah, they are twenty. Resign James. Famous James. I just want to see famous James. <laughs> bro, he had, out. bro, he had just as many touchdown passes as Drew Brees, I think, in the in, in the playoffs of yeah. last season. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Drew Brees had one more. Nah, but yeah, I don't know what the, I don't know what the Saints do from here. Honestly, like, do you want to see Taysom Hill clown show or 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 do you want to get a real quarterback? I mean, like, it's just. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do. I really don't. But all right. So next, unless you guys got anything on that, um, there's the uh, Cam Newton signing I want to talk about really quick. <laughs> um, yeah. So Patriots, I wake up. And, actually, this deal this deal happened like early in the morning, I believe. I wake up, check the phone. Patriots re-signed Cam Newton to one-year deal. I go, okay. All right. They signed him to a one-year deal. They're they're going to pick a quarterback in the first. I think they're going to trade up and pick a quarterback in the first round. I think it's going to be Trey Lance. But that's just my that's just my take on it. Just uh, based on everything that I'm hearing. Um, and then I'm like, all right, one-year deal. He can mentor a Trey Lance, whatever. Let's build a better offense around him. One where he has actual receivers, and so he doesn't have to throw the ball or like doesn't have to throw the ball in the field because his arm shot. Um, and then I see it's for fourteen million dollars, and I go, why? Why? He was so bad this season. He was awful. Oh, there you go. You, you just put something in the chat. Newton will earn $5.1 million if he's healthy on the roster as a backup with the upside 6.6 if he starts all season and 8.6 if he starts and the team makes the playoffs. The rest of the money he can earn up to 13.6 mil so based too. on honors and how pa- yeah. our Patriots might advance. So, exactly. So, yeah, I just, like, read your thing. But, yeah, what, what were you going to say? Oh, no, yeah. So, I'm just saying, like, it's up to. Like, I was, I thought just like, yo, I'm like, they're paying him $14 million? Daniel wasn't too happy with him last season. No, nah, he was pretty but, bad. Yeah. But, but he was now, not very good. Yeah, but now that I've seen this, I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense. They want him as a backup, it looks like, so. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, all right. Well, yeah, I just wanted to quickly get into that because mm-hmm. I was a little, I was a little surprised by that one overall, but uh, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, and then really quick, we are actually have a ton of time. Is there anything any of you guys are really urging to talk about when it, in the NFL? Got any uh, gangrene news that you want to talk about? <laughs> Zach Ertz. Yeah, Zach Ertz trade on the way soon. He's gonna how, how soon into who? Mm. I think they're saying by next week, something like that. But apparently it's heating up. But I don't know what, what type of return you get from him. He had a really bad year last like, year. Like no. a fourth rounder. And then yeah. we're just going to have to cut him. They don't want to cut him at all. That's the thing. They've been adamant. We do not want to cut Zach Ertz because it just shows how bad of a franchise you've been. If you <laughs> cut Zach Ertz, like, come on, man. Like, get something. I mean, there are reports saying he's growing, has grown increasingly impatient with oh. Eagles <laughs> because they're seeking a higher return than what he's worth. Oh. Um, okay, well, I blame him because really <laughs> right before him. the trade deadline, he gets hurt, and we're gonna trade him for like a second rounder at, at his peak, almost at his peak value, and then he got hurt. So, like, it's his fault. You're not on a different team right now, bro. Like, really got me <laughs> mad too. It made me like. Oh, it got me so tight because I knew he was going to get traded. Yeah, it, it was pretty inevitable. So just see value drop because it's a huge difference. Second and fourth. Bro, I, I don't even think they can get a four for him. I feel like the, the Eagles, what leverage we got. 
<laughs> not, not, <laughs> you have no, no. leverage. We're gonna trade Zachary's. Have a lot of money. Like it's like, yeah. all right, we can't wait until free agency. Let's just like try uh, to finesse. All right, yeah, I feel like you can yeah. finesse some team just on name brand value and get like maybe a third rounder out of them. I think I think you can get a third wow. rounder. That'd be hype. Yeah, be static for that. I mean, you guys got Dallas Goddard. I mean, he's your future at tight. Uh, okay, not your future, but like he's a serviceable tight end. No, he's. Oh, really good. wait, we. <laughs> You want to talk Kyle Pitts? You want to talk about that six pick real quick? Look, look. If if the franchise does not want to get a wide out and Why? want to be want to be quirky, right? They want to do Howie Roseman, big brain. No, no, no. Please, <laughs> I will accept it. Cause look, oh. Philly native, right? And like, I man, it's a monster. If 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 you just like off the bat of what I've seen, right? I I like Dallas Goddard a lot. You know, sometimes you know he, he doesn't have some animal in him, but. Like how piss just looks different. If we're talking straight upside, my goodness. Bro, so it's that's just the Howie Roseman pick. Like I'm not, I need a receiver, <laughs> but you know what? I'm gonna take a T receiver hybrid, like a genius. Like no, don't do that. Take a receiver. Don't take a tight end and think he's gonna be a wide receiver. He's not. All right, that's not how it works. Like that's people said the same thing with OJ Howard. Like it's not worth it. All right, we need a receiver. Get someone good. Get Jamar Chase. Get Devonte Smith. Psych. <laughs> wait, I want to wait. Cry. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that would be kind of a Howie Roseman move to be like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna big brain you and just <laughs> like a tight end. Yeah. No, I uh, out of so basically, there's been a conversation in Chase or Smith because yeah. it seems like the first four picks might all be quarterbacks in this draft, and then the fifth pick looks like it's gonna be Pina Sewell from uh, from uh, uh, Oregon. So with that sixth pick, the Eagles have. Assuming that goes according to a quote unquote plan for you guys, you guys have the both wide receivers are available. Which one would you rather have and why? What are you thinking, Sean? I'm thinking Jamar. Yeah, I'm thinking Jamar too. Yeah. <laughs> I already know though, because I know like Devontae Smith. I actually really like Devontae Smith. I think he could be really good. And honestly, people are worrying too much about his size. But if he comes on the Eagles, you already know the first practice he's getting hurt mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's the <laughs> Eagles and everyone gets hurt. So like it is what it is. Just pick someone who, like, you can't mess it up. Like, e- even if he's not going to be the best one, just, like, you can't mess it up. Like, you can't mess up Jamar Chase. He- he's really good. He's really talented. He's big. He's fast. He can, you know, he can go over the top of the defense. He could get yards after catch. Like, you can't <laughs> – you don't even have to coach him. Just let him – just let him do – just let him do himself. <laughs> who's, your, who's your wide receivers coach? Uh, Aaron Moorhead. There's, is he is he is he good or no? Last year, like a rookie uh, coach. I, yeah. hey, he had J, he he made he had JJ Arthega Whiteside get a fumble recovery for a touchdown. So that's good. <laughs> Taught him how to block. I think <laughs> I think I cut him Whiteside. I think I cut oh, no, JJ. No, it's too early. It's too early. What he showed nothing. I caught more passes yeah, than he well, did. They didn't have training camp for that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I, I get it. Rager, Rager, at least kind of produced last season, aren't they? Aren't they going white size? Not? Yeah, you see the upside. You see the upside with Jalen Rager. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. So you're gonna say I saw the upside with Earth Day. I was like, what? And then you're like, <laughs> imagine the move. But like Rager, like okay, I, no, no, Rager. You could see like at least he has some athleticism to him. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I think it just was stuck in mud. Trying to move his feet, bro. <laughs> he's 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 so bad that there was an a, a sixth round pick named Travis Fulgham who ended up like bursting onto the scene in the same same draft class. Sixth round pick the Eagles traded for him for like nothing and he still produced more than than, than 
JJ did. You know what's crazy mm. though? I'm convinced, yeah. right? The Eagles set up Travis Fogum to fail. After after he started wolfing on people, I'm convinced because they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's doing too good. He's going to want money. What? Wait, who's throwing him the ball? Carson? <laughs> Carson, you're going you're gonna to be bad now. I, 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 I just, I feel it. I feel like they, they was just, they, they, they ruined this man. He can't get to a bag now because they're like, oh, he played like two good games. I, I just feel like, I feel like they sold him. Like, like, obviously, like, you don't just pop into a game and get, like, 120-plus yards and have me and Sean come on the podcast. Hype is, hype is whatever, whatever word I'm thinking. And, like, <laughs> what the hell happened, man? What happened at the end of the season? Nothing. Oh, you're you still on the field because I was Sean Jeffrey. <laughs> when they played Alshon over him, it's like, were you even watching? I know. <laughs> like, you, it's, it's not like – you don't just get hot as a receiver for one game. Like you, you run. You have to run routes. You have to get open. Like where did it go? Where did his skill go? Where did his talent go? <laughs> I'm telling you, they didn't want to pay him. <laughs> they took him out of the, Wait, the entire game plan. Did he just not play the snaps, or did they just not throw him yeah, the that's ball? How Alshon Jeffrey came back. They started Alshon Jeffrey over him, and like barely gave him any snaps. And Jeffrey's not even on the team anymore. Yeah, he's, he's doo doo. <laughs> Is he gonna get signed anywhere? They probably give him a fly. Uh, somewhere, okay. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Watch uh, him, watch him, watch him produce. <laughs> yeah. What time are we at? What time are we at? We're about forty-five minutes, so we actually got a fair amount of time. Oh, do you guys wait? Wait, for, go back to Drew Brees for a second. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so he won a Super Bowl, and that Super Bowl probably saves his legacy a little bit. Yes. I'm really talking about how that Super Bowl, they kind of cheated. Like, pretty blatantly. Kind of? Yeah, I was going to say, they did. But no one really knocks him for it. No, they only knocked the Patriots because... Yeah, I feel like he should be knocked a little bit more for that. No, he should be knocked for that? Yes, because the year that he won, his team cheated. Like... You ever met Greg Williams? It was Greg Williams. It was Sean Payton. I mean, I don't... No. I knew Drew... That's why... why If you're... If you're Drew Brees and you see that your de- your defense is like doing a bounty gate, are you just gonna be like, nah, 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 stop that? No, you're not right. gonna say anything. What are you gonna say about that? No, like he's, I think people don't bring it up because Drew Brees didn't have any part in it, and he's a respectable yes. guy and he's a high character guy. But like, if your team cheated, you you, you can't get all the credit for winning because you guys cheated. I mean, they did. Uh, they did injure Kurt Warner and Brett Favre. Yeah, exactly. Um, in the divisional and uh, uh, NFC Championship games, respectively. Brett Favre had took like the biggest beating I've ever seen in the history of, of a football game, and I can <laughs> now we know why. Um, but I mean, Saints that in that Super Bowl had two of the most like iconic plays: the onside kick, which should have been recovered by the Colts, and then the Tracy Porter pick six. And they also came back from 10 nothing, which at that point in time was the largest comeback in Super Bowl history. So, I don't know. I mean, if, if you want to knock his legacy for what we talked about earlier, for not getting to the big game, only having a 1-0 record, I'm fine with that. But I just don't see really the point in being like, oh, Bounty Gate, Drew Brees less than – like, I don't know. I just really don't – I don't feel it. I don't know. What do you think, Calvin? I, I see what Sean's talking about, honestly, because it's like – you're talking about, okay, he had all these opportunities, all these years, all this stuff happened. But he won one. But in the one he won, like, did he really win-win, though? So it's like, you know, I like big brain thoughts we have in tonight. 
I mean, it's big brain thoughts, but you can't tell me that back in the 1990s or the 1980s that that wasn't happening as well. The Saints just got caught. It's like the Patriots. It's like, oh, yeah, they deflated some footballs, but who cares? Who cares? Like, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Really? That's the quote that's going to come out of this podcast. You ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You're not innovating. Not innovating, said the Houston Astros. What are you doing? I know. I got a problem with the Astros. (laughs) Maybe it's just a case by case basis for me. Maybe I'll get a little biased towards it, but I have a problem with the Astros. We're not even going to get into that, but one day I I just don't like the Astros. Astros. Screw the Astros. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But we beat Red Sox beat. It was that big of a deal, but. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I get that with the Drew Brees, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if I'm on a team and someone else is doing something on the side I and it doesn't have to do with me, I'm not going to call him out for it. Dude, imagine if Drew Brees was, like, going to the media being like, yeah, yeah, we got bounty gate going no, on right now. media, just, like, you know, tell his team, like, hey, chill out, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. There's you know how society to- works, Sean? Yeah, there, there there's no way he would ever do that. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way. He's not. He's he's like he'll walk. He'll straight talk to you. What? What are you talking about? We won. That was that was late. <laughs> that was our team. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, like Dr- definitely lost them. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, yeah, I got you. I got you. One more point on Drew Brees. Thank God he retired because that man could not throw a football anymore. Like his oh. arm was. Dead. Like we thought Tom Brady's arm was dead after the end of last year, and then this year he's just like throwing bombs at Scotty Miller and Mike Evans. Like, and it's not like Drew Brees didn't have the talent either. You got Slant Man, you got you got Sanders, you got Jared Cook. Like, how are these guys? Thomas. Yeah, dude. People, some people make fun of him for that. He is Slant Man. It's Slant Man. It's like Slender Man, but Slant, slant Man. Wait, can we agree that his power then as Slant Man is that he is 30 feet tall and slants, but everything else he shrinks. <laughs> it's like he gets like the mushroom in Mario, like when he's doing a yeah. flat route, and then like otherwise he shrinks. The hands just right there for it. <laughs> oh, I love that Slant Man. Let's slant go. Man, there you go. Um, That's elite. That's elite. All right. Um, last, any other, there's, I have one little, little theory that my friends and I were looking at when it comes to Russell Wilson, but otherwise, you guys got anything else before no, no, I talk I about the theory? You're even hyping, okay. this up. You're hyping this up. So there was a little theory going in. Um, I lost, I, I couldn't find the text, but I'll try to explain as best as I can. Um, betting websites are often a good indication about whether a tr- uh, player is going to get traded because bookie, you know, the people, the websites, I'm not good with my betting lingo, whatever. It doesn't matter, but they usually take away the bets um, or, or make the odds really hard uh, if they know something is imminent and it's going to happen. And a lot of the betting websites were making uh, Russell Wilson trade to the bears, uh, like go away basically. Mm-hmm. And his odds of, being a bear week one is like plus 150, which is like very good. Um, and 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 also, like you saw with the Wentz trade, right before apparently, right before the Wentz trade went down with Indy, the same exact thing happened. Like, Wentz to Indy, like, went away, you couldn't bet on it anymore. Um, so if that's any indication, then Russell Wilson's gonna be a bear, like. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, also, this is a minor thing. A couple of bears, uh, Akeem Hicks, the defensive tackle, and Anthony Miller, wide receiver, unfollow the Bears on Instagram. I know 
really, really huge. Um, and uh, they were two of the players being rumored to, to be traded for Wilson. So it's obviously going to be them and a bunch of picks. But right. assuming that this is true, what Russell Wilson on the Bears, is that enough for the Bears to be one of the better, the best teams in the NFC? Is that enough or not? Or is it just the franchise, really? Better than what they, they got going now. Yeah. Okay. Could they win that Super Bowl? I mean, to be fair, like last season was the closest we got to seeing like Russ cook. But the thing is, he was cooking. But then, you know, he started playing some better defenses and he he wasn't really cooking. That's when they went back to Rams football. Yeah. That's when they got back to Pete Carroll football, you know, defense in the run. Russ was like, what? Okay, what's going on? I want to cook. (laughs) So it's like, if he goes, cooks on the Bears, but he can't really cook, cook like we kind of saw last year, then, you know, I don't think, I guess that's not Super Bowl by, by my logic. No, I think they'd be better than the Seahawks. Low key. Like, <laughs> than the Seahawks with Russell Wilson, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I will say this Russell Wilson is 32 years old. He's not getting any younger. He won that Super Bowl early on. Yeah. He, I think he just wants to to have fun and win again. I feel like he. I feel like all the rumors are coming out that he's a little frustrated about the offensive line situation, about the the, the play style. And, you know, they, the Seahawks just switched offensive coordinators last year. I think he just he just wants to go back to having fun again like he did in those first, you know, because that second year they won the Super Bowl, defense was absolutely loaded. Marshawn Lynch was a beast. David Montgomery, I'm not telling you David Montgomery is like this all-pro running back, but he had a phenomenal year. Um, if they could get Howard Robinson back too, and they could get that defense to be play as well as they did the, these past couple of years, like I don't know, like I I say it every single time I talk about the Bears, they're a quarterback away, aka not Trash Bisky away from being a contender. And every year we see last year in the playoffs, Anthony Miller drops the touchdown, the Saints lose, they lose to the Saints by like ten. Um, you saw them lose on the double throwing to the Eagles, where they probably should have won that game. Um, probably, I, I, probably, maybe, maybe not. Like those last two, uh, two of the three years that they made the playoffs, they clearly had enough to win both of those games. They just Trubisky, it was just Picked Trubisky not doing enough. Yeah, and they just kept stay, uh, sticking with him and sticking with him. So, of course, if you have Russell Wilson, it's going to make your team better. Mm-hmm. But only time will tell whether that means Super Bowl or not. Um, but. All right, so we got about eight minutes. Um, you want to uh, – well, well, let's Selvin get to – Selvin Rand. Wait, wait, yeah. It's, ah! a, it's a segment we like to call – we're going to try it out here. It's called Kelvin Rant of the Week. Let's get it. My man, go for it. All right. So, listen. First, JoJo and Ben, right, can't play in the All-Star game. They go to the same barber, right? I get it. I understand. But, you know, you know, everybody gets fresh for the All-Star game. So whose fault was that? Huh? Whose fault was that they was getting some fresh cuts for an All-Star game? Okay, let me, let me calm down. Let me calm down. Let me calm down. So they get the fresh cuts, right? They're fine now. Ben Simmons says he's not switching up on the barber. That's loyalty. You know? Not like the time we try to trade him. But that's loyalty. <laughs> so, look, they can't play the, fir- the first game, right? But then JoJo comes back, right? But don't matter. We, we cook the Bulls easy. Then we play the Wizards. We cook the Wizards. But as Joel Embiid is doing Joel Embiid things, you know, big JoJo energy, he straight dunks on somebody on their head. But that's how he got hurt. He posterized somebody, no foul call, no and one. 
And then he like bends his knee backwards, way back like a receding hairline. And then next thing you know, he's on the ground. He's hurt. He's screaming. I'm thinking he died. And then Sixers fans are tweeting, we're crying, we're crying, we're crying. And it was depressing. But then next morning, no, 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 no. It's just, he's just out for four weeks, you know, and you're, the hardest stretch of the season for the Sixers is coming up. You know, all you have to do is play the, the Bucks, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets. Without Joel Embiid, you'll be fine. So, more of the story. I'm happy that he's not out for too long. But at the same time, we're going to hit a rough patch. We're going to lose that first seed. And JoJo's not going to get that MVP. But <laughs> like some of my good Sixers Twitter's friends said, what's an MVP to a finals MVP? Am I right? So, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. And also, let me just mention the Sixers blew out the Spurs by 35 today. And that's with Ben Simmons dropping 14. Because that's Ben Simmons for <laughs> but yeah i want to transition that right from from my little rant i want to transition that bad luck for the sixers again someone gets hurt again but let's transition that so since my logic is jojo they won't give him the mvp even though he's clearly the most dominant player in the nba right now as we agreed on a couple weeks ago who's that next person to step up because you know he's gonna miss too many games who's the next mvp because it doesn't look too good for the MVP landscape, and we've all agreed it's a little weak. So anybody want to take the floor on that one? Bro, they're gonna give it to LeBron. I can already tell. Buns. I'm not even not even any disrespect, but like, if he gets it, like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> like, it's just I mean, like. Not to be cliche about it, but everybody's always like, "Oh, you could give it to LeBron every year." Oh, oh. but. I mean, this year, he's kind of, he's kind of, I mean, he's playing almost every game. Yeah. But he's not, he, I, I don't know if we're like taking him for granted. I don't know. I don't really have, a, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it's not really eye popping right now. I don't see anybody else other than Embiid, um, other than Jokic. Um, if the, if the Nuggets can make that top five or top four in the East, right? Uh, sorry, in the West, excuse me. Right now, what are they? Let me check real quick. They are the, they are number six. So they're making their way up there, uh, 22 and 16. I think it goes if Embiid is out for five to six weeks, like you said, yeah. and Jokic can bring his team, he's, he's got the stats. I mean, he's it's the best big man. Ridiculous, he, actually, his stats are like, his stats are <laughs> yeah. the second, or like, yeah, like he should win, but his team's not that good. Yeah. So if he can get into the top five, possi- possibility they can, but, uh, that he could um, win MVP. But one thing I wanted to mention was, if you look at past MVPs, we haven't seen big men win very often. The last big man to win MVP was Dirk in 2007, and then his team lost to the Warriors as a one seed uh, in the first round, the 1-8 upset. Um, so it's been quite a while since we've seen a big man, and we have the top two candidates right now as big men. So shout out to the big men. That's what all I have to time, say about what that. What a time to be alive. I like it. Let's get, <laughs> let's get some big guys in the league. Let's get James Wiseman here, man. <laughs> I was, I don't know why, but when I thought of big guys who can play defense and like have potential, for some reason Rudy Gobert flashed in my mind. He fit at least two of those things. Chill, oh man. <laughs> we're coming up. We were coming uh, just a couple of days ago, the one year anniversary of the, the Gobert sell. So I was just kind of thinking about that a little bit. Oh boy, oh boy. Yikes. Give that man a post game. He's top. <laughs> he's the top 10 player in the NBA, but he just Bro, he's like, allergic. <laughs> he's like Clint Capella, like 
they they both like the same player where they can only play pick and roll. You can only just dunk it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I just got Rudy Gobert. Try harding in the All Star game. He was throwing down like really mean dunks, but no one was on him. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't care. <laughs> Yo, Calvin, did you did you uh, did you listen to our thirty minute uh, segment on uh, the All Star game? Oh yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> oh whoa! Wait, what you have to? You have to. Now nah, you're good. We'll squeak it. I got it. Yeah, you have to squeak me. I, there's you have like four or five of them, by the way. Um, Wait, for real? Yeah. No, wow. is it, damn okay. Oh, if damn and hell are okay, then now you're good. Yeah, I think that's good. Okay, I just put them all there just in case. <laughs> I was about to say, I've been trying hard. Here. Yeah, no, yeah, we we tried our best here to to get some uh, some good analysis on the All Star game, but then again, it's the All Star game, so we got about a minute left. Any pressing issues right, of yes, anything? Yes. Do you guys want to get to? Bring this up, but bro, you know what I don't like about when people when people say from ESPN say LeBron should win the MVP every year because he's the best player every year. No, he's not anymore. All right, three years ago that ended. All right, he's not the best player oh. in the regular season every year. Whoa. now. Oh. Bro, he's Ending not. it on a hot take here. No, no, it's not a hot take. Ooh, like, ooh, he says it's not. Like, oh. He still has it because last year he he sauced on everyone. But in the regular season, it's not, no. Like his stats are not as good. And it, it used to be all the time where his stats were always the best. But ever since like two or three years ago, it hasn't been the case. All right. So stop it. I like it. That's steaming. That is a pretty good hot take. Not, I, I, I think it's a hot take, but I feel like. Killer. I'll take a lurk in, indeed, but you see all those Instagram posts and ESPN uh, posts about LeBron and then everybody's always like, wow, you posted something about LeBron? Such a surprise. <laughs> you get a good chuckle out of this. All right, so we got like not very much time. Quick, Kelvin, who's winning the NCAA tournament? Uh, Connecticut. <laughs> oh, you caught that. All right, we're going to have to end it on that one. Um. <laughs> All right, so next week we'll be uh, coming at you with another podcast, talking about similar things. Um, we got the draft coming up in about a month. Maybe we'll get into that. March Madness, of course, NBA, NFL, everything here on the Triple Threat on the Hill podcast. Um, if you missed us on the radio station, you can check us out on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Peace. Adios.